Welcome to Handcrafting Your Retirement with Brett Ramsey from Artisan Wealth Strategies. In this podcast, we help retirees as well as those who are considering retirement overcome generic wealth management advice that limits your future. We do this by handcrafting customized financial strategies centered on your unique lifestyle. Jump on board for this journey where we delve into strategies that can help make your money outlast you as Brett draws from years of experience with guest experts to eliminate cookie cutter saving strategies. Welcome to Handcrafting Your Retirement with your host, Brett Ramsey, where we talk about what you want in retirement and how to make it happen. I'm Wendy McConnell. Hello there, Brett. How are you? Well, I am feeling much better today, Wendy. I had a little case of the flu that I just got over. So um, right. if, I, if I sound a little raspy or hoarse, that, that's what's going on. You love the raspy and the hoarseness. Come on. I do like it. There's no doubt about it. Now, what do you usually, the dulcet tones? The dulcet tones of my voice will put you to sleep. If you're having trouble sleeping, this could be the best <laughs> podcast that you will ever subscribe to. I've been told that I am like NyQuil. I can put you right out. Wow. That is an amazing ability. So Today we have a guest. Yes. I'll, I'll let her introduce herself here in just a second, but you know, I always like to start off these things with a little bit of a story that I think people can relate to. And this is a topic that I think is, it's about, uh, in my mind, what I call is an uncomfortable conversation. And we've all had to have those. In fact, today I had to have one with my 17 year old son. And so, um, you know, uh, he just finished his term. He, his grades were not what he was expecting them to be. And we just had to have that unpleasant conversation that, all of us have had in our lives. We're not looking forward to it. We're not fired up about the conversation, but we can't leave things undone and unsaid. We have to talk about the uncomfortable things. And uh, I, you know, these are not, I, I've, I've said this before. This is one of my least favorite personal topics to talk about um, because ultimately everybody moves to what happens at the end. And what we're going to talk about today with Sherry is that it's really not all about that. That's a part of it, but we've got to do the things that are happening while we're still living and how important this is to get this right while we're still alive mm -hmm. and, and why this is so important. And, and there's a few other stories that I'll be sharing with people that are very right on top of mind right now, things that have been happening with existing clients and relationships. And, and all of us have had someone that we care very much about that's passed away. So I think this is something we all can relate to and we can all realize it's a little uncomfortable. And, and that's why uh, I don't want to skip it. I don't want to make sure that we put it out there where it needs to be, which is a very important and that, that it gets done. And we're going to talk today with Sherry about her experiences and, and how her, her firm helps people have those conversations and document the things that are important to them. And, and like I said, I'm, I'm, I hate using the word excited, but this is a very important topic to me. I'm living through this right now with a couple of clients. And, um, I just realized when it's done right, how smooth this goes and how impactful it is. And when it's wrong, how miserable it makes people. And I've seen both of those things. And like I said, uh, we got to have some uncomfortable conversations, but we need to have them and we can't skip them. So with that, I'll, I'll let Sherry kind of introduce herself and tell us a little bit about her, back, her background. Sure. Thank you, Brett and Wendy, um, for the invitation. I good, good morning, good afternoon, wherever you're at in your, in your commute. Um, 
I'm Sherry Brooks. I head up uh, Newberger Berman's Advisor Institute. I'm a managing director at the firm, and this is a team that I'm very passionate about, the team that I lead. Our focus is really to help advisors grow their practice and retain the next generation of wealth and create a partnership as we're out in the marketplace. And I've had the privilege of working with with Brett and his team and um, hundreds of thousands of advisors across the country. And we really started this team um, as a result of of client demand, uh, both from advisors and clients like all of you. Uh, We found that at the time uh, we started the team back in 2006, um, there was a really need, a real need to start uh, more communication uh, between the spouses, particularly the wives and the advisor. Um, and that was really the inception of our team was to solve a problem for one of our biggest institutional relationships. Um, that since then has evolved into helping advisors uh, connect and have these uncomfortable conversations with the heirs. Um, a bit of my background. Um, I actually started in the industry at Arthur Anderson. I was there for a full two years um, and couldn't wait to leave. Uh, I was in the tax division and my birthday is actually April 15th, which is kind of crazy. And I decided at the ripe old age of I would have been 22. And then by the time I left, I was 24, that I was not going to be here for another birthday. And I had paid my dues. So I had the privilege of of, uh, interviewing uh, uh, with Newberger Berman, I had no idea what they were, who, what they did um, at that time. And I'm really dating myself. Morningstar had just started in the industry. So we were just getting familiar with mutual funds. Um, and I was on the financial planning side at, at, at Anderson, at Arthur Anderson when I, when it started. Um, so as a result of that, um, I had, I interviewed and um they uh, they actually our firm actually sold AMT funds at the time, and uh, I thought that was alternative minimum trust. But uh, I later found out it had nothing to do with taxes, um, and found myself really um, in a situation where I was uh, had the privilege of leading um, our firm in the Midwest as a junior salesperson to get to know advisors and their clients. Um, and so I've now been here. It'll be 30 years in November. Um, I didn't plan on being here, but it's uh, really been a firm that's evolved and the culture has just been um, an amazing place to build your career and uh, create uh, the camaraderie. I'm blessed to be with a number of some of the smartest people in the industry uh, on the investment side, and also those that really allow us to think outside the box. And I think that's where we're going today, Brett, is to help clients think outside the box, either from an investment solution standpoint or from a practice management standpoint. Well, yeah, your your background and experience has been something that's very valuable to so many of us because you get an opportunity to kind of see across different, um, you know, practices. And, and when I say when, when people are out there working with their clients, they do it in different ways. And sometimes there's things that are very successful and sometimes there's things that aren't. And this is, you know, one of the, our topic today in the event that we're going to be doing with you, um, in, in a few weeks, um, is what I would call is one of those success stories, right? Where there's an example of something that you're seeing that's working, that's really helping the advisor connect well with their clients and the, and their clients, you know, beneficiaries. And so maybe you could tell me the origin of that and then how you've, you know, launched that program to help advisors and their, and their clients really dig into this idea of, of the state planning and some of the tools that you have available there. 
Sure. I had the, uh, the privilege back in 2007 of working with an advisor out in Orange County, California. And at the time, we were really focused on helping uh, women be engaged in the financial services market, but also, most importantly, um, get their mind around their finances. And um, so as part of that, the advisor had a group of women um, that were clients, uh, very similar to all of you, um, and some prospective clients. He, she, uh, he invited, had them invite friends. So back in 2007, I, uh, I had the privilege of presenting at this uh, evening event, and I learned more than I was able to actually contribute. One of the newer clients of this advisor got up in front of the group, and she said, Three years ago, at the age of 38, I was widowed. Our wills and trusts were sitting unsigned on our dining room table when my husband was suddenly killed. They had several million in net worth. He was a business owner, rode motorcycles as a hobby on the weekend, and uh, four children, two bonus children from his prior marriage, two small children under the age of five of their own. When Robin got up in front of this group of clients and prospective clients, you could hear a pin drop. Everyone wanted to know what she wished she would have known. And what she did that evening was she shared her story. And at the same time she was sharing her story, she also handed out several pieces of paper she had actually typed up herself the night before. Um, now, obviously, this is 07, well before compliance was too crazy, and our attorneys would have a heyday <laughs> if a client wanted to share their thoughts on paper and panned it out. But she was able to do that back then, and she identified on those pieces of paper joint titleship, um, investment accounts, credit cards, bank accounts. She said, here I was in the midst of grief and turmoil dealing with the loss, the sudden loss of my husband, and I had, did not have access to liquidity. Um, I was caught in red tape getting my name added to, to accounts simply so that I could pay main, basic household expenses, but his funeral expenses, et cetera. Then she went on and she got into some of the things that we talk about with clients all the time, which is where is your life insurance policy? Where is um, your prior divorce decree? Where are those important documents? And what Robin shared that evening was she said, I was searching for basic information. Were they in my husband's office, in a safe deposit box, in our home office? She said, here I was having to track down documents. She said, I was so busy managing our family, our, our kids' activities, our home. I just didn't get involved in the financial aspect of things. And then she got into those uncomfortable topics. And she said, I had to make a decision for my husband in the hospital. Did he want to be left on life support or not? And she said, I didn't know. I was 38. We never discussed it. Guardianship for our children. She said, obviously, I'm the guardian now. But if something happens to me, who's going to raise our young children? And then she went on and said, buried or cremated. I hope I made the right decision. What happened that evening was at the same time that our team was just starting, we were also working on a piece that I shared with Robin that night. And the piece is called Anticipating the Unexpected, a 12-month guide to working with your advisor. And we were going to print with it. And I shared it with Robin that night after the event. And I said, you lived this. Tell me what you think. And she said, oh my gosh, Sherry. She said, if I had something like this, with our previous advisor, I would have been in a much better position. What was so intriguing about the document was the simplicity of it. Um, 
and a few simple pages, it walks through what do you do the first week, the first month, three months, six months, 12 months after the death of a loved one. And so after hearing that from Robin and understanding the importance of stories and engagement that the audience had um, on hearing her situation and truly from the heart, we recognize that those uncomfortable conversations are important to have. And when we launched the piece um, in 2008 called Anticipating the Unexpected, we couldn't keep it on the shelf. Um, advisors like you, Brett, and, and thousands across the country, along with their clients, were asking for additional copies. Um, it's, a, it's a Cliff Notes version uh, of having this discussion. And what we focused on at that time is, is really working um, with advisors to have this conversation, whether clients are in their 30s or their 80s. Um, it might not work for your 17-year-old son, though, <laughs> Brett, uh, and his, uh, his, his grades for the particular quarter. Um, but it, it's just a simple uh, couple pages that really gets that dialogue started. No, uh, you're, you're spot on it. There's two parts to that. One is that uh, I wish there was a checklist to improve his grades um, because I would be absolutely on that. But uh, the reality is that just recently we've actually had to utilize that particular tool that you're talking about twice. Um, and one was what I would call expected. It was a older um, couple. Um, he had been dealing with a lot of health issues and had been in hospice, but still the reality of what do I go through and the woman that was dealing with it, the, you know, our, our client, she's in her early nineties mm -hmm. and she still has to go through all of those things. And all of these things were coming into her via the mail. And, and there was just so much uncertainty about what things to do first and how to prioritize it and happen to know her daughter, who really is the one that's coming alongside her and helping her work through this period of time. And she just called me a bit in, dis in desperation. And was like, hey, I, I don't know how, because the mom is in a different state. It's several hours away. She can't be there every day. And she's literally getting, you know, mail and calls and things coming in almost daily. And she doesn't know how to prioritize it and which things to take care of first and everything. And so we were able to provide that checklist for her. And okay, these are the things we need to do first. And here's the things that we need to do next and gave a timeline to it. And you could just kind of, feel after that, the, the weight of all of those tasks that had to be done and being able to prioritize them and being able to know which ones that you didn't even know that you needed to know about to do, mm -hmm. just giving them that simple checklist has been monumental in bringing down anxiety, reducing unnecessary stress, um, they were so grateful for that. Right. And, and just the, 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 being able to provide something that clear and, and straightforward and simple doesn't, I, I use these words all the time, simple and complex are one thing, easy and hard or a different one. Right. Mm -hmm. So all we're trying to do is take something that can come at you and feel complex and make it simple, break it down into steps that we can do and follow does not mean these things are going to necessarily be easy for you to deal with right? They may still be hard or challenging to complete, um, but you know what to do, right? We're eliminating that. And then quite honestly, out of nowhere on a Sunday, two weeks ago, I get an inbound message from a client. Hey, we're in, in there. They don't live in, in the state anymore. They live out of state and they're like, Hey, we're going to be in the state. And I was like, Oh, 
you're visiting family or friends are great. I'll, I'll get together with them. Like our daughter died. Right. Like, yes. you know, like, bam, like you talk about it, what I call it, stopping you in your tracks kind of message, right? Like, boom, like, whoa, that was not anticipated. Mm-hmm. We don't know how to help our son-in-law. He was not the, she handled all the bills. She did all the finances. She did all the money. Right. And he, he was distraught. Right. And so same thing. I'm, I'm in a call with them. I'm not present. I can give them that document. Start here. Call me with the next steps and, and break it down. Right. And say he could not thank me enough. Right. He was in tears. I mean, he was not clearly anticipating the loss of his wife. He was in his thirties. Right. The story that you were just telling. And that's what we try to tell people is these stories are the real stories right? We were just talking, you know, you were talking about, Hey, where's the life insurance policy. And when we're discussing this with people, I said, you know, um, with one, with my staff, we're talking about the event where the invitations have gone out and people are, are responding. And and I hate to say it this way. Sometimes people are slow to respond to this, right? Because it's uncomfortable, right? No, no, nobody, I mean, honestly, no matter how good the food's going to be at Maggiano's, people aren't exactly lined up to try to figure out how to be there. Mm-hmm. And, and then, so I said, okay, well, then the question is, are you going to be, um, the people that missed out on the $500,000 life insurance policy because you accidentally forgot to quit paying the premiums, or are you going to be the family right now where the three siblings are absolutely at each other's throats because no one really understood what mom and dad wanted. And they put one of the siblings in charge and the other two don't understand why they're doing what they're doing, even though that person is executing exactly what mom and dad wanted done. Mm -hmm. The other two are now suing their, their brother, right? Just because quite frankly, he was the, the name that mom and dad put because he was the oldest in charge. And these are the stories I say, which one of these are you going to be? Are you going to miss out on the life insurance policy? Or are you going to make sure that your kids are at each other's throats for the next six months or six years or never repair? So if you don't do these uncomfortable things, like I, I, I love the story you told mm-hmm. about the importance and, and it's not age dependent always, right? right. Like we have yeah. a tendency to think, oh, this is something we just do when we're old. Right. No, this is something you have to do because this is life. These are the legal responsibilities that have to be done. And so I just think these stories just have to be told and they have to be told in a way that'll take people to action. And so that's kind of my next question is like, one of the things that I find in, in one of the, when we survey our clients and, and the people that do business with us, we ask them all the time, why'd you, why'd you choose us? Like, what is it about us that, that you like? And they say, well, you take complicated things and you make them simple. That's like number one. So that's kind of why we're doing this is that we're trying to take something complicated and we're trying to make it simple. But the other thing that they say is it kind of like, um, and I, I don't like bringing up some of these things, but there's always what I call sometimes there's a knowledge gap. Like I didn't know that. And sometimes there's a doing gap. Oh, I know that, but I don't do it. And I tell this story all the time is that I love drinking Coke. I love Coca-Cola, classic Coke. When they changed the formula, I wanted to punch somebody. I love Coke. It's great. I want to drink it all the time. Right. But the reality of that is, is that if I um, am not active enough, that drinking Coke is not good for my um, physique. Uh, it allows me to look like the Michelin tire man guy walking around. I get big everywhere. And, uh, and that's not, it's not a good thing. Right. But so, so do I know that? Yeah, I know that what happened. It's still hard for me to do that. And quite frankly, when I get stressed in life's moments, what do I want to do? I want to Coke. 
That's kind of my comfort thing. Mm -hmm. And so what I try to tell people is that what we're trying to do here is, yeah, we're going to get through some knowing stuff, but now we've got to do it. And so maybe you can share with our, our listeners is what are the big challenges that you see where people don't do it? right? Like you were talking about in that case that they even had an estate plan set of documents that they hadn't signed and executed it. So what are maybe some of those things that you're thinking about where people just don't do it? Yeah, that that's a somewhat of a loaded question, but I think, you know, oftentimes families go out and they, they sit down with an, a state attorney and they get the, they work through, you know, months, sometimes it takes them a year or so to make these decisions. And, um, they're navigating the questions. They get it done. They get they get a huge binder. It's it's usually two or three inches thick if they have the trust and all that. Um, they've paid the the couple thousand dollars or whatever it is to the attorney, and then um, they feel they're done. That's it. They're done, and they've got an estate plan. And the truth is that the most important thing they can do is engage um, a quarterback their financial advisor to step in and say, okay, what do I need to do next? Now, what attorneys do is they typically put a letter in there that says, you know, make sure you name your beneficiaries and this is how it should read and fund the trust by having the beneficiaries read such and such. And oftentimes, families are exasperated by the time they've gotten it done, they feel they're done. They wrote the check, they got the binder, they're good. And sometimes they don't pay attention to that letter or they say, oh yeah, I got to do that. I got to do that. I got to go on my 401k and change the beneficiary to what the attorney told me. But if you've got that quarterback, I like to say, or that uh, trainer that shows up at the door at 6 a.m. and reminds you to work out um, and they're there to partner with you, um, that helps and facilitates the conversation so much easier where they where they take the binder and they share it with their wealth advisor and they say, here, I've done it. Now what do I do? And just having that extra handholding um, to take those next steps, even after they've read the letter and they think they're doing the right thing, um, having that. And the, the great thing is, um, typically advisors don't charge an hourly fee. They're, they're, it's a fee-based practice where uh, attorneys definitely charge hourly, um, as accountants did back in the day. So I would share with you that, uh, having your advisor involved in your life is, is a much more, uh, practical way to get things done and you don't have to worry about the clock. Right. No, I think that, that, you know, you can do all that legwork, but if you don't get the right names and the right documents, then it didn't happen. Right. And right. so that, that's certainly a, a big part of this. And, um, you know, you, you've, you've shared a, a lot of those, those kinds of different scenarios with folks, but you know, when people start to think about this topic, like I said, most people, I think immediately think about, you know, end of life scenarios mm -hmm. and, um, you know, they, they want to avoid it. So what are some of the things that are maybe the practical while we're still living aspects of this, you know, you've shared the executing the documents, but maybe, you know, as I've read through this and I'm implementing this in my own life and in my own marriage, I know it's, it's spurred some interesting conversations with my wife mm -hmm. ab about what we want done. But are there some of those kinds of almost maybe intangible benefits that you've seen in, in working through this process with people before? 
we have, and I, I want to make sure we, we slide in another document, um, that'll tie right, that ties right into the event that you're doing in a couple of weeks with us. Um, Brett, it's called the family love letter. And, um, when we originally introduced this idea of bringing this to market, it was a result of the 12 month guide we talked about earlier, advisors and clients needed something more. They, they said, what else is there? And the, the family love letter was co-authored by an estate attorney and an advisor. And um, from their own personal experience, what's unique about this particular tool, it is robust. Um, it's a full workbook, but it ties in all the hardcore information that you're referring to. And we've been mentioning so far, the wills, the trust, the insurance statements, financial statements, along with the values and traditions of the family, the family mission statement, the ethical will, um, the passwords, um, the stuff in the house that isn't a problem until it's a problem, you know, and so those sentimental things that um, really are important to cer certain siblings and can also divide a family as you were just sharing. So this booklet is, uh, it's called the family love letter. And it's something that we've really had the privilege of partnering with the authors at, at the family love letter, uh, the co-authors, both uh, Donna Pagano and Jeff Scroggin, who wrote it and put it together. It's a FINRA approved. Um, it's updated every year or every two years rather, but it is an opportunity to get that dialogue going with your family and to start that conversation. And I think because it's called the family love letter, um, it's the walls kind of come down. It's not estate planning 101. We had a joke at, at when we originally launched this. Um, it was 2008 when we were working on this and budgets were pretty tight. If you remember the financial markets in 08 and 09. And um, when we originally wanted to bring it to market, one of our uh, key executives said, oh, we're not in the romance business, but we're, we are. Because when you really think about it, now that was 0809. Now fast forward in 2023, and here we are, after a pandemic and after all that we've gone through with with the challenges across the country, and all of a sudden it is money is a romantic thing to some degree. It is positioning your family, and you're working to build those assets to take care of yourself and your family, and um, so I think. What what we loved about this next piece that we pulled in is that it was engaging and it talked about things like frequent flyer miles and hotel points. You know, we got off Brett the uh, the doldrum conversation of um, wills and trusts, and you know, how many of you have a couple hundred thousand frequent flyer miles? Um, your family may fight over who gets to take that vacation, and so those are the things that the family love letter pull in um, to get the whole family engaged. So to circle back, that's a long-winded answer, but to circle back to answer your question, I think the most important thing that families can do is have the conversation. And, you know, for those of you that might be joining us at this event, you know, even afterward, being able to share with, with your parents, or if you are the adult children and being able to say, I'd like to, or, or I'm sorry, you are the parents in your eighties and you want to introduce this to your children, you know, say, I, I went to this event called the family love letter. And I had an opportunity to really hear um, the importance of having 
a conversation. And I think too many previous generations pushed that under the rug and didn't talk about it and hoped it all worked out. And we can see where that's led multiple generations, not just financially, where assets have have uh, disappeared by that third generation. I think the stat is something like 90% uh, of heirs lose the the remaining um, inheritance by the third generation, but not just that piece of it, but also um, understanding that every age needs to have some type of plan in place and that just having that conversation engages the family and puts you in a different position than you would be um, if you hoped everything worked out okay. So tell me about this event then. I want to know all about it. Where, where is it at? What's going on? What's happening? I want to come. Well, Wendy, you can come in you a couple of different ways. <laughs> we would love to have you. And and uh, obviously, everybody knows that you can visit us on our website at artistsandwealthstrategies.com. We'll have the, the dates and times there. Um, really looking forward to this event. This is something that we've been trying to put together for quite a while. And, and with the, you know, the backing of, of Newberger Berman and, and with Sherry and, and the local team that we have here that supports us here in, in, in Indiana, we're going to be able to get this, uh, not only this event, but this content to, to our clients and our prospects. So, um, come. We're also doing where we're going to be able to stream this for beneficiaries that live out of town and things like mm -hmm. that. So this is going to be a really a dynamic event. It's not long, right? Like what, you know, I mean, the, I think the presentation itself, Sherry, you can correct me is about 45 minutes Yep. and most. we've got the, the content. So we're really looking forward to being able to engage people with this. And like I said, I'm personally going through this with my wife right now where we're doing this, not just as an exercise to be done, but we realize things have changed in our life over the last few years. We have some of those complicated things that you're talking about, ownership of a business. So, you know, our children are older now. And, and so some of the dynamics around how we would care for them and the things that they need have, have shifted. And, and we need to, to update these things. And it's not static. It's not a one-time time type situation. You have to stay with it. So looking forward to people being able to join us there and, uh, and learning more about how to really write that family love letter and, and change the language that we're using around this uncomfortable conversation. Mm -hmm. So Brett, where is the information? Where can we go to find it? Well, it'll be on the website, right? It'll be under events. Uh, you can also email me or Stephanie in our office. So I'm um, just Brett at artisanwealthstrategies.com. And everybody should really love our phone number by now, which is 317-660-2855. It's another great way to find me or Stephanie. And she has all the information to get you registered and to get you there. And she is Stephanie at artisanwealthstrategies.com. She is our go-to guru on all things scheduling. Sherry, if somebody has yes. some more questions for you, how can they get in touch with you? I would say go through Brett, honestly. Okay. I think um, that's probably the best to go through the artisan team um, and go directly through Brett. And we'd be happy to work in conjunction. I mean, we've partnered with him for quite a while and we're, we're happy to bring this material to uh, to his clients and prospective clients. Uh, I'm pretty sure that Brett likes being the go-to guy. He so, does. Yes. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Sherry, for joining us today. Thank you, Brett. And thank you for joining us. Please like, follow, and share this podcast. Until next time, I'm Wendy McConnell. Thank you for listening to Handcrafting Your Retirement. Visit our website at www.artisanwealthstrategies.com or give us a call at 317-660-2855. And don't forget to click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available.
The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Artisan Wealth Strategies. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA, SIPC.